This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and an executive coach, and today I am delighted to welcome Charlie Lyons to the show. Charlie will talk about how to boost our coaching and mentoring success with emerging leaders to help bridge that leadership gap. Charlie, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you, Caroline. It's such a pleasure and really a treasure um, to be here with you and your audience. Well, thank you. I'm really jazzed for us to have a juicy conversation about your work and your amazing new book. But I want to go back to the beginning to set this up for our global audience, because you are a former Division One athlete. You have been coached, you are a coach, and I trust you experienced leadership at a young age as an athlete. So tell me a bit about that story. Oh, I absolutely did. As a matter of fact, when I first started writing the book, um, one of the things that I started with was just doing a gratitude list of people that had chosen me to um, sink life into and to coach and to come alongside me. And uh, that list grew to 15 to 20 people very, very shortly. Um, So I just took some time to be very, very thankful for that and want to encourage others to do do that that same thing as well. Um, You know, like you mentioned, I was a division one athlete and so had a lot of what we think of coaches in terms of athletic coaches, but a lot of personal and professional development coaches that have come alongside me in my life as well. Very thankful for that. And I want to encourage others to do that for emerging leaders. What a beautiful phrase, sink life into. That's just gorgeous. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really delighted with that phrase. And of course, throughout your career, you've worked with young people, both in high school and in college. So you have very specific experience about what young people need, what those gaps are, and what they are struggling with right now. I want to set this up for our global audience because we are experiencing in the United States, and I know our international colleagues are experiencing it too, something that we call the admissions cliff in that Generation Z, our teenagers and our um, our high schoolers, numerically, that population is smaller than the millennials who are ahead of them. So this is impacting the college uh, progression rate and also the progression into the workforce. So I, I use that Charlie, to set up, you say in the book so beautifully, we're teetering on a cliff with a chasm of leadership deficiency before us. So tell me more. Yes. And I do believe that you set that up very well. You know, when I look at the leadership um, shortage that looms before us, there I think there's a couple of key factors that factor into that. And one of those, as you mentioned, is numbers. There are just too few young leaders to meet the current future demands. You know, when we look at 75 million baby boomers that are retiring sooner rather than later, and right now it is sooner, there aren't enough leaders, especially in the Gen X, um, which is a smaller generation, which is my generation, to fill that gap. So millennials and even Gen Zs are going to be called into leadership, I believe, um, sometimes before they're ready. And if employers aren't developing their emerging leaders, they are going to have leadership gaps. Now, I do believe, and I believe this with my whole heart, that our youngest generations are some of the most talented in history. 
but we may not be teaching the skills that we need, they need to succeed. Um, and we aren't giving many of them the time to develop their leader, the leadership muscle that they're going to need to lead us into the future. And that's why my call to mentors and coaches to come alongside them. You think about what's happening in the work world right now, the great resignation, quiet quitting, um, our emerging leaders are in or were in positions that I feel like didn't reflect their authentic values or their personal mission or skills. Um, and so that I think that's some of the reason for the great resignation and for quiet quitting. And I do believe that some of the reasons for quiet quitting are good in terms of work-life balance, although I'm not sure balance is a, is a very good measuring tool. But, they're, if, but if they're quiet quitting, I say that they're not really leaning into leadership. And their posture is really leaning out. And I think if these trends continue, it creates a need for more learning as they work to gain experience. Um, the emerging leaders, I think, that are leaning in right now are the ones that will fill those leadership positions. And I think the impact on their trajectory of their careers in terms of income and upward mobility and satisfaction and some of those things is really significant. Um, you know, I firmly believe you get out of something what you put into it. So I really want to encourage emerging leaders to be leaning in and mentors and coaches to be leaning into them as well. The other thing that I found when I was writing my book is it's a matter of maturity, right? Our emerging leaders are not emotionally mature. Some of them are not emotionally mature and some of them are so suffering from social and emotional issues. Um, some of the research that I did, Melissa Matthews research from 2019 shows that Young people's brains don't reach adulthood until about age 30, which is significant. And then when you think about the impact of COVID and remote work and lack of engagement and connection, um, all the more reason that we need to be leaning into these emerging leaders. I, as a fellow Gen X uh, professional, I, I love how you're articulating a call to action to say, look, there are two populations here, the young people that have an opportunity to be mentored and groomed and developed and to lean in on their own right. But then also the older folks, we in the older generations, uh, and that's all relative to say, how can we honor the younger generation and groom them and develop them? So first, let's start with Gen X and above. How can we pay it forward and serve as those mentors, not only for Gen Z, but even some of those younger uh, Gen Y millennials. Sure. Um, really, what we're doing is we're trying to keep us from falling off that cliff that we were talking about, right? Uh, we have to close this leadership gap that we have. And really, quite frankly, our future depends on it, right? Um, we can't just leave these emerging leaders where they are. Um, our future really depends on us taking action now. And um, we need to come alongside these emerging leaders and mentor them and really elevate them. Um, I think most people, I think in our generation, um, well, I think most people in general really want to have an impact in someone's life, you know, but I think a lot of people would probably rate themselves as average in actually getting that done. And so I want to help make emerging leaders all-stars, but I also want to give mentors a means for them to become all-stars as well and to live into their potential of really making an impact in someone's life. You know, there's a quote in the book that says, so what do mentors do? They choose to make others extraordinary, which in itself is also extraordinary. 
I believe that mentors are the tide that's going to make all of our boats rise. And we just have to lean into that. Quit being, quit settling for average in that area and move into um, that desire to become extraordinary. It's, it's really a win, win, win situation. So Charlie, let's say that someone is listening to this and saying, okay, I get it. I'm ready to take the challenge. I'm a, a Gen X professional as an example. How do I identify those emerging leaders? What am I looking for? And how do I identify potential? So I can pour into them and, and as you said, sink life into them and support them in a way to help them move forward. Absolutely. There are several strategies in my book, of course. Um, but one of the things that I really, really explain to people is to look for um, influence. I believe that influence and leadership, those two terms really go hand in hand. And so especially when I'm working with teachers or educators that are looking um, at our definitely younger set, I said, look at those that are influencing, right? Um, some of them are influencing in very positive and good ways. Some of them maybe in not so good ways, but they're still influencing, right? And so I think some of it is being intentional and looking at that and seeing who the influencers are. Um, is really key because I think then as we come alongside them and coach and mentor them, we can set them on the right path of influencing in a very positive way. There's a couple of other um, things in my book that that I encourage. We use a sociogram where you kind of observe people. Um, there are ways that they can put different. I have a four buckets exercise where mentors and coaches can kind of put people that they're young people that they're observing into four different buckets and then decide from there, who do I really need to impact? And then I really encourage mentors um, and coaches, and I use those terms really synonymously, um, to really look at kind of three different things of emerging leaders, because I really feel like, and you'll see this in my book, there are three spheres um, of emerging leaders that we really have to be developing. And I believe if one of these spheres is not strong or is undeveloped, it's really going to hinder um, leadership development. And those three spheres are character. We have to have strong character, right? We see it all the time, leaders falling from, from grace because of a character issue. So we really have to be looking to develop character, positive psychology and mindset are very, very important. Um, and I believe that is an area that we can develop as well. And then the third sphere is what I call power skills. Most people may have heard those referred to as soft skills. I don't think there's anything soft about them. I believe that they're very powerful skills. And so how to relate to people, emotional intelligence, and those kinds of things. So as mentors are looking for young people, there's a number of different tactics and ways that you can discover them. And then the three spheres, evaluating that and looking at how we can help develop them in those areas is important. I love power skills. That's fantastic. You're right. Soft skills is such an antiquated term and does not really honor the value of those. Charlie, we're going to continue this wonderful conversation right after a quick break. Hello there. It's Caroline Dowd Higgins. I know that hiring the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who can customize content to meet your goals and someone who will work within your budget and engage your audience. Meeting planners around the world have recognized me for being easy to work with and 
uniquely suited to create dynamic programming for your needs. My style is high energy and engaging with practical takeaways that participants can implement in their lives and careers immediately. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create healthy workplace cultures, or prevent burnout in your organization, I create customized content to help recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. From the boardroom to the training room or the convention hall, I will help your audience thrive. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. You can find me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So, Charlie, we also hear in the world of work that um, companies are craving, clamoring, diverse representation, especially in underrepresented um, demographics. And I would love to know your thoughts about how um, diverse students can seek out mentorship and also how mentors can seek out diverse students to honor their needs. Absolutely. You know, diversity comes, I believe, in all shapes and forms. As a matter of fact, I was just having this conversation with my teenage son on um, his way to school this morning, and we were talking about his sister and how he and his sister are so very different and that one isn't right or one isn't better, but they're just very different and honoring the differences in that, right? It, it may not be in how the age people are or the way people look. It, it may be just a difference in diversity on how people are put together with their skills and their strengths and those kinds of things. So um, I want to be sure that as we look for diversity, that we're really looking inward and what are those skills um, and what is the makeup of the young person that we may be looking to coach? I think that is is really, really key in it all. You know, I believe that ability has been um, granted equally to everyone and that we should be also be giving um, leadership ability and leadership development equally to everyone as well. Um, the four buckets exercise that I mentioned in my book is really helpful with that as well, because it helps you put um, leaders, potential leaders and emerging leaders in four different buckets. Um, the sociogram exercise that's in the book also helps do that as well. So um, yeah, those are just some tactics that I have that I believe, um, and I appreciate your question about diversity. How do we do that for all? So Charlie, I want to go uh, not totally off-road, but a little tangential here and dig, dig more about your career. You and I are coaches, and I believe that we both agree that we are on a mission to demystify or destigmatize failure. And that is something that I work on with my coaching clients to think about how we can fail forward. So I ask all my guests to share a vulnerable professional failure, but it's not so much about what didn't go well. I'd love to hear the recovery story and what you learned from that. Sure. I can think of one immediately. Um, you know, I truly believe that fail stands for first attempt in learning. Um, and failure is part, it's, it's not whether it's success. I believe failure is part of success. Um, and I think that's really key for all of us to remember. So my mind immediately goes to when I was a young professional, um, I was interviewing 
with an educational institution. And um, I was really like hyped up that day. I don't know if I'd had too much caffeine or whatever going into the interview. Um, but I really like to look at interviews as it's a conversation kind of like we're having, right? Um, and so I was really asking a lot of questions about the person. And I believe now that I look back at it, um, I was probably a little bit too uptight and was asking too many questions. And the interviewer just kind of sat back in her chair at one point and um, said, "You, why don't you just take a deep breath and relax? And I realized immediately what I was doing and she was exactly right. Um, the rest of the interview went well, but I was not called back for that position. And so some of it is looking back at that. Then I was looking at, okay, how do I engage with people, not only in an interview situation, but how do I just relax um, and learn to listen twice as much as I speak, right? We have two, God gave us two ears for one reason. He gave us one mouth for one reason so that we listen twice as much as we speak. That's what I learned through that early career misstep. That's awesome. Hey, thanks for being vulnerable. I think it helps all of us to humanize failure. Let's also talk about best career advice, which is so, I think, tough because you probably, well, you've got a book full of it. So there's that. And we're going to talk about the book in just a second. But, you know, this is your profession. So you've gotten so much advice over the decades. What's one nugget that you want to share with this global audience? One nugget for emerging leaders is don't be afraid to ask for help. I see that a lot in this emerging generation. They think that they have to have it all figured out and that they can just Google everything. Um, and Google is great, don't get me wrong, but we need the help from other people. And I believe putting together what I consider a front row, think about people that are going to be at your graduation or people that are going to be um, there when you receive a, an award, a work award or something like that. Who is going to be in your front row? Who do you need to be in your front row? And sometimes I think, especially as young professionals, we learn that it may not always be our family. It may be certain members of our family, but to seek out people that are going to be in your front row and that are there not only to support you, but are also there to promote you. And that will talk about you when they're sitting around a table and they're talking about being promoted, that they mention your name. I think that is so important to seek people out um, to do that for you. And don't be, I think they need to be, um, be bold and ask for that, right? I think there are people that are maybe waiting to be asked to do that. So I would encourage them to do that. And then I would say just continual learning, continue, continually reading, continually um, asking others their thoughts on things, getting perspective from other people. Just that continuous learning piece, I think, is so important. So there's two. You only asked for one. That's okay. Bonus, right? That's a bonus. Right. So, Charlie, as we as we wrap, I would love for you to talk about the return on investment for mentoring and coaching. You know, what is what is the great result of that? Sure. I think there are just so many more returns than there even is investment. Um, and let me tell you what I mean by that. I think the main cost in mentoring is time, right? Um, and time is a pretty precious commodity, but I believe that the main return weighs that time um, so much more heavily than that time. And that's really developing leadership in others and developing leaders in your organization. 
Um, I really think that we can't afford not to, as we talked about earlier. Um, I think it's going to be so important as we're moving forward. Um, as a matter of fact, I was just working on a workshop titled Finding Untapped Leadership Potential Through Your Mentoring. You know, think about leadership potential in organizations that maybe goes untapped because we never realized that that person had that strength or they had that skill or they had that ability. And I believe mentoring and coaching, as we've talked about, can help uncover some of that. So I think there's some returns on investment out there that we don't even see um, that we may find through coaching and mentoring. Charlie, I want to thank you for joining me today on Your Working Life. I so appreciate your insight about emerging leaders and how we can all play a role. Thank you for being with me. Thank you, Caroline. And I want to tell our global audience about your incredible book, Average to All-Star, Equipping Young Leaders to Start Strong and Go Further Faster. Of course, it's available on Amazon and all major book retailers, but it's also available on your website, charlielyons.com. And I want to spell that S-H-A-R-L-E-E-L-Y-O-N-S.com. And Your Working Life is now available on all major podcast platforms, And I want to hear from you, so let me know how we're doing and what career issues you would like for me to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at cdowdhiggins or check out my website at carolinedowdhiggins.com. And a special shout out to my extraordinary Your Working Life colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. We now have listeners in 16 countries around the world, and I'm grateful for all of you. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.